Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. This is the second part of an interview with Linda Labby. I would suggest to go back and listen to the first one because it literally is just a flow through. There's not really a break with the content. It just goes right into the other one. So go back to the episode before this and then uh, listen to this one. Thanks. If you're looking for um, Airbnbs, you look near something that has a lot of people drawn to it. A children's hospital, a cancer hospital, um, an airport, um, major transportation, um, tourist facilities. Like we're setting up 10 to 20 minutes north of Orlando. Yeah. That's right in the middle of Florida where you have big trees, where you have block houses, um, and where people can go to either coast or any of the facilities, Legoland or Disney or Cape Canaveral or anything from the place within a half an hour. So we're talking about like Florida and we've been talking about Ohio a lot. Now, for some of these things, like those are drastically different price points. Um, from Orlando to Dayton, right? So does that is that make it so that might be a bad spot to do a flip because of price point or just throw that right out the window? The, your price point you're working at is going to depend on your budget. And your budget's going to depend, I hate to say this, on a business plan. Yeah. And the number of people working in this business without a business plan or financial goals I want to retire in five years is not a financial goal. No. I need to be making um, $5,000 a month after taxes is a financial goal. Yeah. And then you break it down to two and a half years, then you break it down into a year and a half, and then you break it down to every five months or six months. And then you break it down to every three months, and then you break it down to what I need to be doing in a month. Yep. And then you have some way to hold yourself accountable to measure to see if you're going to your goals. And where you look for a house depends on what your goals are. And they have to be specific. I want to have 100 doors in five years is not a goal. Yep. Goals have to have monetary attachment. I met an investor, had 37 doors, been investing for five years. Yeah, I think he'd be doing well. He was clearing $1,000 a month. On how many properties? 30 or 40? 37 doors. Holy moly. <laughs> because he had cross-financed and double-mortgaged and done everything to them. And he bought from gurus, um, from turnkey companies, if you're buying a turnkey property, don't buy it from a turnkey company. They've taken all the profit off it already. They're selling it at 8%. If yep. it ain't got two digits, don't buy the property. That's a good one. <laughs> um, and if you're buying a turnkey property, you can't burn it out. No, nope, you're... you burn something, you've got to buy it. You've got to renovate it. You have to rent it, and then you can refinance it. If you're buying it, already rented it, already rented, somebody else bought it and somebody else renovated it. You can't jump in the middle of a project and burn it out. 
Yeah, you're basically being the buyer on a flip that had didn't have to go to market full market standards. Like that's they flipped it to you. That's all they did. Yeah, they they flip and it's it's not that you. Some people like bear properties because they don't have to um, go through the renovations, and renovations can lead to surprises. And if you're a nervous type or you're married to a nervous type or people that worry and what if themselves to death, don't renovate. Yeah. I've done 140 projects now and I can tell you not one ended up exactly the way we thought it would when we started. And it doesn't mean they went bad. They were good projects, but something always happens. Yeah, we're in the business of solving problems. It's always yeah. new problems. And, and if you don't, if you think you're looking for a house, you're not. You're looking for a problem that you want to solve. You're looking for a story you want to tell. You're not looking for a house. You're looking for a story you want to tell. And if the story you want to tell is, I want to buy this house, I want to renovate it, I want to rent it, and I want all my money back so I can do it again, then you have to find a house that will tell your story. And if it doesn't tell the story by $2,000, you don't go, oh, well, it's close enough, it'll work. It won't. Guaranteed. If it's not telling your story comfortably at the beginning, the end is not going to be pretty. So then you have to tell another story. And we've started Burr Projects to realize they won't burr, increase the renovation dollars, and flip them. Yep. Or realized they weren't going to burr out as a rental and Airbnb'd them. Or got a multi-unit. My favorite favorite is a multi-use building where you can find a multi-unit in the right area, rent half of it and Airbnb the other half because you really do change your profits, possibilities, because Airbnb works on cycles. So if yep. you're airbnb you've got to make a larger profit in the good months, put it aside to hold over for the bad months, just in case, because you don't know how bad your bad months are going to be the first year. That's a great tip. <laughs> but um, we do Airbnb from rental units. If you're thinking of airbnb we find a rental unit in the area we like. We put our furniture in it. We rent it maybe pay a thousand or twelve hundred dollars a month for a condo with a nice swimming pool yeah furnish it for five thousand dollars so you're in under ten thousand dollars in the units renting 150 dollars a month a day and put it in the hands of a property manager that we train because the professional property managers want 30 percent yes but they do our property <laughs> managers get 10 percent plus a bonus so on the good on the good months they're going to make more money on the bad months they're just going to get 10 percent. you don't want to be tied into 30 percent on a month where you only rented five days and the property manager has no skin in the game so if you give normally at 20 days anything over that they get 25 percent of the rent collected so is your property manager going to do everything possible to make sure that after you get to 20 days at full rent, 20 days or X number of dollars, they get 25% after that. Yep. So they're making their $300 a month, but they're working for it. 
So these the people you've trained, is it that their full-time job or do they have to have another job? Like, is this enough to support them? Everybody's different. Yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> I do this full-time. It's all I do. Hobby yeah. no longer works. Yeah. Well, I still have my karate club running, but yeah. now it's a hobby. Yeah. Like, I, you can't make money teaching five kids at a time 25 days for the year. Yeah. But I love doing it, so I do it when I'm here and when I'm not here. Everybody knows I have a big girl job that actually makes money and yeah. that sometimes I have to shut classes to go. For example, um, next weekend I'm going to Toronto to run a course. Yes. Uh, so I shut down the club for the weekend and everybody's cool with it. Let's talk about the course a bit and then we'll wrap this up. Um, my course is based on a business plan. Yeah. And it's based on the concept that if you're going to do this full time, you need seven streams of income, not one. So you have to do seven different things. There's a book called that, isn't there? The seven streams. Is that Robert Allen? Something I think like? so. But if you <laughs> anyway, talk to any successful investor that's doing this full time, they aren't just burring or just flipping or just doing rentals or just doing right. single families. Um, they're doing seven different things. So the the course goes through all of the different possibilities all of the different possibilities of finding money and teaches people how to take these possibilities and work the numbers into what you're making a month so that you can work it into a business plan and helps people define their strengths so they know where to start and encourages them to network because ultimately your network is your net worth right and is the purpose to have like because I know with uh, certain types of, you know, like you said with Airbnb, it's like seasonal, you get more money certain times of the year. Is that to kind of, if you have seven different streams to even it out, so it's a, you know, actually exactly. livable? livable? <laughs> yeah, because Airbnb, um, if you've got one in Florida, you're going to make piles and piles of money in the wintertime. Right. And in the wintertime, you're, um, you're, you can't flip as well. And it's hard to rent something in Cleveland in January because yeah. you don't voluntarily move in January. So the people looking for places have probably been evicted and you don't want them. So it balances it off. Some things you have less control over. If I've got a fix and flip, I can do nothing to get that real estate person to have an open house every weekend except threaten to change the listing. I can't do the advertising and I'm not talking on the phone and I'm not meeting the buyers and they're not as good as I am. I frustrate. If I'm doing a rental, I can advertise it, but I have to make sure the person that's, if, if my property management company is really bad at picking up the phone and answering it, it's going to take ages to rent. I want some things that I have more control over. Yep. You have to have some go-to things that you can go to. And if it's a bad month, oh, I'm going to do this because I have control. Yep. You, even if you're doing buy and holds, you better have a buyer's list so you can sell some of the stuff. Because every smart person is selling the 10% at the bottom of their pile. Yep. And you do buy and holds. If someone came up and offered you the right dollar, is there anything on your list that you wouldn't sell? I, no, I'd sell everything. Yeah. <laughs> so why yeah. 
aren't you all so most people who do buy and holds are always looking for turnkey buyers yeah because there's nothing we don't sell except for our, our kids and our husbands <laughs> our wives i mean everything else because we're not we're we're naturally traders we always want to trade up yep that's that's what makes somebody work in this business so you have to have control so if you have a bad month then you better look for a buy uh, a turnkey buyer so you can sell something and make some money that month totally get it or the, the <clears throat> roof gets blown off and you forgot to put insurance on <laughs> oh. I don't have that option because I usually try to put financing on, so I always have insurance on. <laughs> uh, but people put the wrong insurance. That's another place where you lose money. If you've got an air condenser outside of a unit, make sure your insurance covers outbuildings because that air condenser is an outbuilding. That's an interesting idea. I, I never thought of that because down in the south, they do love to have their um, – they have these big – green boxes they put behind the houses and it has the air conditioner and the furnace in it all in one it's not in the house so that you have more square footage in the house you know wasting any room on electrical rooms but if you don't have things outside of the house insured that beautiful five to seven thousand dollar piece of equipment is not insured and that's hmm. another part of doing your research finding how many people read their insurance policies? That's, yeah. I mean, how many investors sit there? They, they call the insurance company, say insure it, and they're done. How many actually take the insurance policy and read it? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even read mine. I'm, I'm a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> Insuring that outside piece of equipment costs you an extra $10 a month. If you lose it, it's going to cost you $5,000. Mind you, though, I did in 2019 replace two air conditioners, and I just paid for it myself. I wonder if I should have put an insurance claim in. I wonder if it's um, too late. You know, so <laughs> anyway, <just>, side note. <laughs> we, we, we make money on taxes. We make money on insurance. Anything you pay for with pre-tax dollars is money in your pocket. Yep. You write the whole thing off. You write the whole thing off, and um, if you're, and and how you take your profits. Yep. Um, treat your your profits like you would. We're Canadians. We understand registered retirement savings plans. If we're self-directing them, we know we don't take our money out of them in a high profit year. Yep. Treat your investments in the states the same way. Leave your money parked in your C-Corp in the states. You're not paying taxes on it unless you take it into your own pocket. If you're going to take it into your own pocket, take it for items that are totally deductible, like a trip yeah. to England. <laughs> and your life is better for having the money. You're definitely getting a reward, but you're not getting dollars. You can gross $100,000 a year, but not net anything into your pocket and have a much better life. My next vehicle will be purchased by my C-Corps. We're going on to a whole other rabbit hole, but at the same time, I'm like, I've thought about that too, about purchasing properties in, the, in corporate names, but I always wonder if how they're going to allow that if, you know, because it's, it's an American corp that... 
you know, like, am I really well, no, no. using the property or the vehicle in the States? Not, 90% of my driving is in the States. Gotcha. I live in Northern Ontario in a small town. How much driving do I do up here? But I also, when I'm looking for a place, yeah. I consider drivability. How easily can I get to it from here? And what kind of tax benefits is you is picking that place going to give me? I have. That's why we're looking for a second location, like a fam, a, a cottage, in the Dayton area. Because from Dayton, I can drive everywhere else I go. From a tax perspective, would it not make more sense to do it as like an Airbnb, so that you of could? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Because then you can yes, make some money, write it off. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're going to <laughs> buy a property. Well, no, the corporation will buy the property. Yeah. We will. Um, Airbnb it, and then stay there the times. Let's say we're going to Dayton in January. Well, we'll or we won't drive there in January. In December, we'll pick yeah. the two weeks or the week in December that it's not rented, and we'll block out the not rented time and go down then. Yeah. So uh, we're looking for an Airbnb that we can rent 70% of the time. And then also I have a lot of clients that like to travel to the places we're investing. Um, right. They can stay at the Airbnb. Yeah. So it'll be rented then. So it's a whole balancing act. But the the goal eventually um, in looking for places is we're looking for places within a one-day drive of Dayton now for our other locations so that we can drive from Dayton to there, come back to the Airbnb in Dayton, go someplace else, come back to Dayton, and go down for a month at a time. A lot of Canadians travel to the States to stay at their American home for a month at a time. So we cross the border. Where are you going? We're going to visit friends. We're going to see, we're going to our, we have a, a, a cottage in Dayton. They're going to look at us like crazy, but we're putting it in Yellow Springs, which is a tourist destination. Yeah. So we, well, that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, yeah. and it, it makes it simple. It makes it easy. And it's common for Canadians to have a house in Florida or Texas. I just don't like it that hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. That makes sense. Dayton's green. We had two feet of snow yesterday. In Dayton, yeah. No, here. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. I, we mostly got ice. <laughs> How's it? Is the weather okay down there now? I'm driving down today. Oh, you're coming down. I'll see you in a few hours then. Yes, you uh, will. <laughs> so, um, anyway, when yeah. you're looking for places, um, there's not a right place or a wrong place. Ultimately, your choice depends on your team on the ground. You're going to make it or break it by your team on the ground. You're not there. People will say, we don't need to see a house to buy one. That is the biggest pile of you-know-what that I've ever seen. Someone has to walk in that house in your stead. And you always, always send a building inspector in. Because you're not there and you don't know what they missed. And the building inspectors are professional. Oh, and you got to find a good one because they're not all the same. Especially it's if you're true. in Ohio. Contractors find their licenses in popcorn boxes. Oh. <laughs> um, you could walk in. Um, your son 
could walk into any place in Ohio as soon as he turns 18, pay the money, and get a contractor's license. Your grandmother could walk into any place in Ohio and get a contractor's license. Very, they're, they're not, um, that's the other thing you have to check when you're looking, um, how they license their contractors, how they license their building inspectors. Not that it's gonna stop you from using them. If I'm in Kansas City and I have a contractor, I know what he's gone through to get his license and I know he's gonna be knowledgeable because they have to apprentice, they have to do this, they have to do that. In Ohio, they're not as strict. And the building inspectors tend to be contractors that don't want to use hammers. <laughs> so you have to take the time to find the good ones. And you can actually find building inspectors that give you warranties. Really? I've never heard of that before. That's interesting. Um, um, we have one building inspector that will warranty the roof and the furnace. If the furnace is on and working and he pronounces it um, healthy, you get a five-year warranty for $1,000. <laughs> that's pretty good yeah same with the roof you get five-year warranty for x number of dollars you can find anything <laughs> if you talk to enough people and i think if there's something to give a new person if you haven't talked to a my rule it has been from day one i have to talk or type to 10 people new people every day oh that's a great way to expand your, uh, that's your my, network. Yeah, that's, that's been my rule since I started doing business the way I'm doing it now, three years ago. The only absolute rule I have is I have to talk or type to 10 different new people every day. And talk wow. can't be high. It has to be at least a five-minute conversation or five, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a lot, though. Ten a day, like, to multiply that out. Yeah. Every single day. That's Christmas Day. That's New Year's Day. That's every day. It's not, oh, today's a holiday. I miss some days when I'm sick. Or for doctor's appointments. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I've now lowered it to ten people a day, six days a week. Wow. And I've done that for three years. And I have an amazing tribe. Wow. You've that, met that... some of them. That Before I find a property manager in, in a city, I'll probably speak to 20 property managers. That's a hard one, too, is when you're starting new and a city is getting property. You know what? We're going to go down. A, I would I'm love sorry. to sit here. I could cut this into like uh, 10 episodes by the time we're done. But... Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's good. That's why I don't want to stop you because it's all good stuff. But we, we could, you know what? We'll call it here. We'll have you back again and we'll do another one. But in the meantime, if uh, people wanted to get a hold of you, Linda, to do your course or to get in touch with you, be one of your 10 people for the day, how, how would they do so? They can call me. Uh, number is 705-474-4794. They can hit my Facebook group. Um, yes. It's... Um, Remote investing made easy. Perfect. I'll put a link to it in the show notes too, if you okay, just thank want you. the easy way to get there. <laughs> no way. And, and and we have lots of coaching and stuff. And I keep everything affordable because people's money is supposed to be for investing. But if you're new and you're not paying for a coach, you're not going to get done. Um, yep. Good coaches aren't free. 
because I used to give it away and people didn't take it seriously. So now I charge something. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you all later. Thanks, Linda. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.